0: To what is worthwhile David and Paul will tell you now What crap you can bear And if you don't like that Well, you can go to hell Don't watch that Hey, hey
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Hey, Watch This. I'm Paul Goebel. I'm David Bax. Psychopath. (laughs) Apparently. Well, tell them why.
0: uh, uh, According to the Internet, people who order coffee black are more likely
1: to be psychopaths. But it's not just the Internet. See, you're being dismissive by saying according to the Internet, while you're reading the study right there. I'm reading
0: headlines. Oh, you're just reading headlines.
1: Okay, well, there you go. But if you read the Huffington Post article, it'll say according to a study by somebody... Who has more credit than the fucking Huffington Post.
0: But then, Yes, because Slate says no, that's not true. See, there you go. Also, also Gizmodo says no.
1: Who do you want to believe more? And Slate? None of them. Or Gizmodo? <laughs> well, what a weekend it has been. Uh, it's just so much going on this weekend. I have to tell you <laughs> two stories of two things that well, happened.
0: What's going on today?
1: Well... Today today is my birthday eve
0: Oh, today's your birthday eve Yeah,
1: tomorrow's my actual well, I, I birthday I heard in my head
0: that it was today But it's
1: Sunday, so you know, you celebrate and then you take Monday off So, Brooke got a cake, you can stick around and have some cake if you want I afterwards. can't, I actually
0: have another birthday party to go to
1: A more important one, clearly Well, one that's actually a party the Actual party <laughs> Well, there is, we are going to have a party later It's in my pants, you could have a ball <laughs> Um <laughs> Uh, but uh, tomorrow's the actual birthday and, a- and actually next week I'm going to see Bare Naked Ladies with my friends for my birthday So all week it's my birthday But
0: this and week now Are you going to
1: a strip club with your friends And telling your wife you're going to see Bare Naked Ladies Yeah because that way I'm not lying <laughs> Yeah, I say we're going to see Bare Naked Ladies with Meaning strippers <laughs> Orchestral maneuvers in the dark uh-huh. Meaning the lights in the strip <laughs> right. club and Howard Jones, who's the manager of the club we're going to <laughs> <laughs> So I'm at this audition this weekend well, it was yesterday I guess that counts and it was a dumb audition for it was for the uh, uh, like a, a taped piece on the Daily show I guess they're they're casting a wide net so they're casting here in LA as well. okay so there's a million people there it was dumb but there was a girl there who I knew and so I, I I'd never seen her in a long time, so we're just chatting, and she's like, good job on that midnight. That was so funny. I was like, oh, it was a blast. I said, I went back there later, because Fozzie Bear was on a week later, and I went back to see it. And another woman, who is sitting there, eavesdropping, goes, Fozzie Bear, how do I know that name? (laughs) And I looked at her, I looked at the girl I was talking to, and I looked back, and I went. He's a Muppet? You know? Half marionette, half puppet? You know, like Kermit? (laughs) Like, what do you say? How... But what am I supposed to say? Oh, well, he's an actor. He's been on a couple TV shows. He's in a lot of movies. He played a bear in one, and he played a bear in another one. And in his other one, he was a bear... Like, are you fucking kidding me? Why do people insist on opening their mouths and making themselves look so fucking stupid? You don't have to be in every conversation. Yeah. Just be quiet. Mind your own fucking business.
0: That's fantastic.
1: You're right. Now, to make it even better, though, here's a better story I have. Now, those of you who might not know, David had uh, the actor Fred Melamed on his... On his podcast, right?
0: Yeah, I do another podcast on the side. (laughs) I called Battleship Pretension, and uh, we had as a guest uh, the great actor Fred Melman.
1: Yeah, so if you haven't been watching, he's on Lady Dynamite. He plays Maria's agent. He's killing it. He was on New Girl this season, very very funny. He's on Casual. He plays their parent, their dad on Casual. Oh, hysterical! Uh, Okay, he's their dad. He's
0: best known for a serious man,
1: right? Well, that was his first big role, and he was great in that. Yeah. That's the first time I ever saw him in anything, but he exploded after that because then he was in, uh, in a world. In a world, yeah. Played like Bell's dad, and then he had a huge part. And he
0: also was, um, we talked about this when he was on the podcast. He was uh, Larry David's psychiatrist on Kirby Enthusiasm, oh, in the really? episode where he kept uh, talking about his other famous clients. Like, he'd be like, I'm not going to, the one thing he says is like, I'm not going to tell you who this is, but he did direct Star Wars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. So, anyway, so Fred joined, like, social media to, I guess, to join to do whatever, and he was on David's podcast, so he's, like, trying to be more involved in stuff. So I friended him on Facebook because I'm a big fan. Uh-huh. So he posted this thing, um, where was it, Variety? Oh, Just for Laughs, decided to honor Aziz and Maria uh-huh. for Breakout Stars, and I thought typical entertainment. Marie's been doing stand-up comedy for 20 years. Yeah, Z's even longer. But now they finally break out. This guy had his own fucking TV show already. (laughs) But now they're breaking out. So I thought, that's so dumb. So I said it. It only took 20 years. But then Fred responds to that by saying, Come it late or come it soon. I shall enjoy my rose in June. Uh Which apparently is a poem by P. O'Brien, according to Fred. He quotes P. O'Brien. So I said... Fred Melamed for Best Supporting Actor, because I honestly think he's brilliant on that show. Yeah. And he at least deserves a nomination. This would be next season, though. And then he said, Paul Goebel for Most Prescient Prognosticator. And then in parentheses, I humbly curtsy. <laughs> he writes yeah. exactly how he talks. Yeah, good guy. That fucking... I laughed out loud when I read it. It was very funny. Um, so, and the other thing that happened this weekend, of course... Is we all went and saw Rick Springfield. Yeah. Last night, Brooke uh, scored us a bunch of us free tickets to see The Romantics, Loverboy, and Rick Springfield. Now, you showed up after Now, that's
0: the order of performance, not... (laughs) Usually, you say Rick Springfield first, even though he played last. I think anyone
1: listening is going to know what the order was. I hope so.
0: Well, I mean, anyone (laughs) younger than, say, me... Might not
1: <laughs> Well they would have heard Anyone younger than you Will at least have heard Of Rick Springfield I don't know about The other two
0: Cause yeah, Rick Springfield Is
1: around still Like he said At the concert He was on True Detective Season 2 In Californication yeah. And and he's got a new record out, which I did not know. Which obviously he's promoting. Yeah. And then this fucking vacation thing. <laughs> but I'll say is
0: David okay, wasn't talk about that in a second. David didn't
1: uh, show up for 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 the romantics.
0: Well, because they apparently started early.
1: I they should did have, start a
0: little early. I should have seen some of the romantics. I could hear them as I got out of my lift and was walking to the box office to pick up my tickets. I could hear the romantics. Yeah. Uh, but then they were done, and the break in between. Was so short sure yeah. I grabbed a beer And got to my
1: seat Loverboy was already starting You didn't miss much I mean it was the romantics I saw them at the Racetrack years ago It was pretty much The exact same show They sing Their hits The The two guys I think it's only two guys Who are, who are Original members What's I don't the know big hit? The biggest hit is What I Like About You, notes, okay. which is what they close with, of course. Right, right. But they open with Talking In Your Sleep, or no, maybe they didn't open with that, but that's their other big hit. Yeah. And then they do a three or four in the middle. One of them they did, one of the songs they did was, uh, uh, what's it called? In this dirty old part of the city. It's an animals song. Oh, okay. So it was just an old song from the 60s. But, I mean, it wasn't great. It was exactly what you'd expect. So you didn't miss much unless you're a big okay. fan. Yeah. But the thing is, I would say Lover Boy was worse
0: they were not very good, I have to say. But it's
1: it's all Mike Reno's fault. He's just done. He can't hit those notes anymore. He's not a good singer. The other guys, I thought, killed it. Like, they, when the guy was playing his guitar, he was nailing yeah. everything. And the, the drummer. The, the drummer, keyboardist, the whole rest of the band. I don't know if those guys were original members or not, but the music sounded great. I was, for a while there, I was even doubting Mike Reno was actually singing. I had a feeling there was somebody off stage singing into a microphone. For,
0: you know what made of... Added to that uh, Perception Is the weird way He holds the microphone Yeah he would go Yeah And then hold the
1: mic but Away from him Even
0: when he's Singing the mic He's holding it
1: mm-hmm. Like he's
0: singing He's holding it Above his mouth mm-hmm. Like the mic Is pointed at his eyeballs It's because so it looks like he's Covering It's because mouth.
1: he can't Hold a note He can hit the high notes And go But he can't stay there okay. So he goes And he starts to go flat mm-hmm. So he has to hold The mic away Because that was his thing Singing so high But he's an old man now Now, at the end of the show, at the end of the set, Mike Reno (laughs) took his sweaty bandana off, wrung it out, and then threw it into the crowd. (laughs) And Brooke was like, oh, gross. Yeah, very gross. And you said the same thing. Yeah,
0: disgusting. So. Uh, But I mean, I guess if you're there to see Loverboy, and that is his trademark, right? Headband. He always wore a headband. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe he did something he But who's curious. who's sweaty? Like,
1: I heard that st- when Stevie Nicks does concerts, you know, she likes to dress like a gypsy uh-huh. and all that shit. And at the end of the show, it's so covered in sweat that it it's completely ruined. And, like, that was a big deal. When she goes on tour, she spends a lot of money on clothes. Uh-huh. Would you take Stevie Nicks' sweat?
0: anyone's sweaty clothes. Really? Literally anyone.
1: What if it was David Bowie's no, sweaty thing? I don't thing?
0: care about that. David Bowie? I'm not a collector, though. I don't care about that stuff. But still. Yeah, a sweaty garment is still just a sweaty
1: garment. Wow. What if it was the Angry Goats Boots? I don't even know who that is. Isn't that the, your favorite band? Oh, the Mountain Goats. The Mountain Goats. <laughs> right. No, I don't want What any if it any was Boots stuff? written by the... <laughs> war by the Mountain Goats? I don't want any of John Darniel's stuff. Wow. Wow. Okay. Who's your, who's your favorite? Your favorite?
0: What about? What I guess if, the mountain goats are my favorite, but I don't. I'm not. What? I'm not into stuff like that. Like I'm not a collector. I
1: don't have any. One what if it was, What if it was Steven Spielberg's sweaty hat that he wore I on Indiana Jones?
0: I, there's nothing you're gonna say that I'm gonna
1: be like, oh, I'd no. like that. What if it was Jesus's gloves that uh, he wore when he didn't want to accidentally bring people back from the dead? Wait. You're thinking of pushing daisies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Different I'm thinking. That. Okay, what if it was the gloves that he wore on pushing daisies? The oh, actual sure, sure, gloves. Sure. No, I don't want do it. All right. Well, it was funny cuz those were just the warm-ups, but obviously it, the Rick Springfield show was legit. I mean, first of all, I'll say, and people have told me this before, Mike Schmidt says it all the time. Rick Springfield rocks. It's yeah. not a fuck around show.
0: Yeah. It's no, it's
1: yeah. a real legit rock and roll show. Those other two guys are Whoever else opens for him, yes, maybe it's just kind of tongue-in-cheek, whatever. But Rick Springfield's there to put on a fucking show, and he does. It's pretty great with everything, lights and shit in the back, and he brings people on stage, and at one point he walked into the crowd, waded into the crowd, which I was very impressed by, Uh and he does all the hits. The only hit that I wanted to hear him do that he didn't, well, I guess it wasn't a hit, but it's the song Victoria's Secret that I like. <clears throat> but he didn't do that. But he did pretty much every other hit, including
0: right? songs by Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. Yeah, well, like which it, I was okay with.
1: Roar, I liked. I did like it, and I liked it better than her version. But mm. I don't know that Taylor Swift song. I don't care who does it. Shake it's it off. Horrible. It's not my
0: favorite. I like other uh, Taylor Swift songs, but I don't like. No, yeah, it's just I, a I think bad I song. I don't like her more like bouncy party type songs like that. I like Blank Space, like her more ballady type
1: songs. I agree, and, and the more countryish stuff. But he, he I thought he killed that roar. I thought that was great and I'm not I'm not gonna hate on it. But all the other stuff and Pat and Mike said they saw him like a week earlier and he didn't do Jesse's Girl. He just did that thing in the middle yeah. to get people on their feet, but he didn't close with it. Whereas here he, he totally did.
0: Yeah, and um, they also, to the point where there wasn't even really a fake out. Like he they all left the stage. Yeah. But for only to show up Clip about Jesse's girl and then right. back. Well it's
1: because They were so over time cause, oh, Cause you know It's a city ordinance there You're supposed to yeah, be done I, By 10.30 I, I, I thought it
0: was 11
1: Well it's legally it's 11 But they say Shut it down by 10.30 So everyone's out And quiet by 11 oh, okay. Cause that's when The law says That's when the sheriff Could come in And legally shut the concert down If he wanted to But in this case We looked at the clock And he went on stage To do Jesse's girl Like at 10.58 And uh-huh. he was done By 11.05 so, uh, but that's probably why they started early because they knew, yeah, uh, you know, they were going to have to uh, but, go uh, long.
0: But yeah, this is my second time seeing Rick Springfield as well. i had never <laughs> seen him before. Uh, and yeah, the first time I saw him, I was sixteen and I knew even less about him than I do now. <laughs> and I was
1: still impressed then. He's a he's a showman. He's a performer. He puts Absolutely. That's the part that impressed me the most: the patter, the. The, uh, the stuff, like when he said we got a new album, it uh-huh. didn't seem like pandering or like he was begging you to buy it. And even, you know, in between all the acts, they showed this commercial for the <laughs> Rick Springfield Bahamas vacation, which is clearly what this is all for. <laughs> because that I'm sure that Bahamas vacation is incredibly expensive, wildly overpriced, uh-huh. to, be, to be kind. Because aside from going to the Bahamas and that cool place there... And maybe meeting Rick Springfield, there's no other reason to go. Well, uh, drinks are included, which is not always the case on cruises. That's true. It's Rick. Well, it's not a cruise either. It's a vacation. Oh, okay. That's why. Because uh, the hotel can front all that liquor. Oh, a okay. uh, cruise couldn't. So it's Rick Springfield and friends. Uh-huh. The biggest name he has is Terry Nunn from Berlin. But not all of Berlin. Just <laughs> yeah. her. And then the second big name was oh it was a Beatles tribute band yeah called Mr. Kite and the Hendersons <laughs> which only Beatles fans even understand uh, but then it just that goes, was the sequel
0: to Harry and the Hendersons
1: <laughs> well it's that song being for the benefit of Mr. Kite I know that part I don't know what the Hendersons they called. he mentions the Hendersons will all be uh, there and if you saw that shitty Bee Gees Peter Frampton movie no. the Bee Gees played the Hendersons Peter Frampton played Billy Shears. Uh, okay. George Burns played Mr. Kite, so it's like that. But anyways, and then they say whatever. What was it? Regular favorite, Don Dixon or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like this guy's only famous if from this vacation. Yeah, returning favorite. <laughs> hey, remember last year? We got that guy back again. Yeah, I was blown away. But I can see that because, like Brooke was saying, that all that platinum bullshit, like that you pay for VIP right, platinum. Right. Like Tom said, Ben Folds is going on tour, and he's actually even having a little, like, master class. You can pay super extra money and hang out with him and learn music from mm. Ben Folds, which would be a cool thing, but according to Brooke, that all that is is just a way for performers to actually make it worth their while. Because they're losing so much money on ticket sales, being undersold, mm-hmm. that they make up their money on these other things. It's a legit way to make up your money, yeah. but, I mean... It's weird to me that there are so many people who have nothing better to do with their money, yeah. but but spend it on these things. Um,
0: it was, yeah, they were clearly pushing this vacation thing to the point where was there even a merch table at the anywhere? At the I place? saw
1: a little one on the side, uh, but I didn't even look at it because it wasn't a big deal. I've seen b- bigger merch tables at Naked Lady Show,
0: um, but Mrs. Hall did one of my favorite things to do, which was on the walk out by the five dollar bootleg uh, T shirt.
1: Oh, Rick Springfield one. Yeah,
0: yeah, it says Rick Springfield. It has like a picture of like current Rick Springfield. That's cool. And in the back, it has like as if it's a jersey. It
1: says Springfield eighty one. Oh, I think we walked by that guy, but he was saying ten dollars when we walked by.
0: <laughs> maybe maybe we, <laughs> we, we hung out a little later and
1: yeah, you finished your down. beer. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. You finished your beer, and then he was getting rid of him. Okay, so Rick Springfield. It's funny. He wore. He was wearing a Ramones T-shirt last uh-huh. night. And Brooke like sent a picture of it on put a picture of it on Facebook and a friend of hers posted a picture of Rick Springfield from last year at the Canadian Expo wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Different one though, because it's different coloring. So what if at the end of the Ramo- at the end of the Rick Springfield concert, he takes off his sweaty Ramones shirt and throws it? You don't want that?
0: No, I thought you were gonna say what if he takes off his sweater and own shirt and there's just another Ramon shirt under it. <laughs>
1: it's actually a tattoo. What if somebody gave you Joey Ramon's leather jacket? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay, I found one. But I'd wear it. I wouldn't like. But what if it stank? I mean, it's gonna smell like smoke and bo. It's leather. You can't really clean it.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know. And also,
1: he's way taller than I am. It wouldn't fit me. So it would be long. (laughs) You're such an (laughs) a-hole. All right. Well, that's what I did this weekend. What about you? What'd you do? Uh, Pretty much just that. (laughs)
0: And I watched uh,
1: some TV shows. We're gonna talk about. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about them then. Let's talk about how great the night (laughs) of was. Holy shit. I gotta say... Indeed, it was terrific. It was really well made. It was like watching something by Martin Scorsese or even like Bob Fosse. Like one of those guys. It remind, uh, Or Michael Mann. That's what it reminded me of. Michael Mann where there's not a lot of dialogue. But it's like you can smell the room, you know. And and uh, and the dialogue is happening off camera while it's right. just like right. on someone's face, you know, who's listening. So great. And the acting was great. The fact that John Turturro doesn't even show up until an hour in... Yeah, As, I
0: didn't realize it's an 80 minute pilot. Yeah, um, and it's uh, it. This is a crime story, and it definitely has plenty of what you want out of that. Yeah, but it's um, much more about the 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 character, the main character. I mean, the Riz Ahmed is the actor from, right. from Nightcrawler and from Four Lions, um, and he's going to be in Rogue One. Um,
1: and it's and obviously it's about
0: him, and it's going to be. Than anything else.
1: It's going to be. Obviously, how he and John Taturo together go through this thing, like John taturo obviously when he walked out, that was the whole point, like pretty much up to John taturo, it was just a procedural here's what happened, and the cop everybody going literally going through the the motions uh, and showing us how it happens and and it's even though it's set two years ago, it's still a pretty modern thing um, Yeah,
0: um no, I think the re- only reason it's set two years ago is because this was shot, like, two years ago. I don't know if you know about this. I but, don't. No. Um, James Gandolfini played the John Turturro role. They shot this pilot a couple of years ago. Oh. And that's why James Gandolfini is, n- is named as an executive producer on the show. Okay. And so I guess this sat for a while until they uh, found someone to come in and do... Uh, I mean, it wasn't that... I mean, he's... All, like you said, he doesn't show up until... He's in, like, two scenes, essentially, yeah. in the whole pilot.
1: Um, yeah. But, yeah, apparently uh, this they was, to reshoot was shot with, with James Gandolfini. Interesting. Okay. So uh, that gives it an interesting uh, level, too, because now it makes me think of Happy-ish when I watched Happy-ish and thought, boy, this show would be a lot better with, you know, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman. Yeah. Now I think, huh, it, I don't know that it would be better, but it certainly would be different with James Gandolfini.
0: Yeah, I kept. I kept. I mean, I, I love John Turturro, uh, but I did keep on thinking, like while watching it, like I wonder how James Gandolfini would have played this.
1: Yeah, because um, Turturro is really. I mean, you know, they're trying to make him out to be this liberal hippie, you know, beaten down dude. Yeah. You know, he he shuffles when he walks, and you know, he's very slow and uh, deliberate in his in in the shit he says. He even leaves and comes back yeah. to because he feels like he's he's doing something wrong or. Feels guilty for seeing that kid because he looks at that kid and goes, "There's no way he killed anybody, or if he yeah, did, yeah. there's something wrong here." Yeah, that's,
0: that's why. Yeah, he asked on the way out, like, "What did, what did that kid with the big eyes do?" Or whatever. Right, and if there was, any he, he said he cut a girl, and he was like, "That kid?"
1: Yeah, yeah. And he knows, and that's, uh, and it's, it reminds me a lot. It's weird because it reminded me of a lot of different shows. Like, it first of all, it it fills the void left by Law and Order, like a, a good New York City cop show. Like the way they talk, uh, the phone rings and desk clerk goes, "Hello." Well, I was doing great until I picked up the phone just now. <laughs> All right. Well, what's in it for me? Yeah. You know, you can imagine the other side of the conversation. And, 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 and while when we're the, talking about the cops, we should mention the the lead detective is played by
0: the veteran character actor Bill Camp, mm-hmm. uh, and he's terrific. He um, you might know him just last year. He played Murray Wilson in Love and Mercy. He played Murray Wilson's it. dad. I didn't see it. Okay, uh, definitely see it. He's great. okay.
1: So uh, yeah, so great actors, and they're all taking their time. And even that scene when the the uh, evidence guys come up to the desk sergeant, yeah. say, "Hey, where's the stuff?" And he's like, "I already sent it." And they're basically busting each other's balls back and yeah. forth, half joking, half serious. But uh,
0: yeah, everyone's like trying to put together this crime scene and do their jobs, but also everyone's kind of annoyed that they got called in it too. 2.30 in the morning or whatever, right. you know,
1: like, it's a everybody, day. and even the witnesses, Yeah. the guy from uh, from The Wire comes in and he's kind of annoyed. Wait, which guy from The Wire? That was uh, Avon Barksdale or Theon Barksdale? The little one? He's in the first season of The Wire. He's Barksdale's little nephew. He's also on The Walking Dead. You know, I'm talking about The Witness. I know guy. who you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay.
0: I didn't realize that was him.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was. I mean, he's much older now. That was, that was like what? 10 years ago he was on the wire um but they none of them want to be there and then the best is the two cops who busted him in the first place are like let's fucking hurry up and get out of here otherwise we're going to be here all day too yeah and they can't they can't they still can't get out because then the daytime detective shows up and goes hi i got some questions for you uh but it's great that it takes its time and Uh, you know, when especially when Taturo goes, like, first of all, the lead detective talking to this guy that's amazing because he's you see exactly what he's doing. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's doing his job, but he's getting he's he's doing what all cops do. Hey, I'm on your side, you want to help yourself out here? And and he gets him to do it, and immediately John Taturo realizes, Oh no, they're gonna railroad this kid because there's no way he 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 killed a woman. And he says, Stop talking, and it's gonna be that the whole rest of the time. People, you know, not the whole impassioned, the good wife horse shit, but the real, (laughs) the real, you know, out in the hallway uh, conversations between cops and lawyers and uh, prosecutors and all that shit. So, I honestly can't remember the last time I was excited for like a procedural crime drama like this. Yeah. It was, you know, it's back in the good old days of CSI and stuff.
0: I think you're wrong about that actor, by the way. Why? Why? Because I'm not seeing his, his name. That the guy you're thinking of is Lawrence Gilliard Jr. Right? And I don't see his name anywhere. Really? Am I a racist? In, well, obviously. But I mean, um, <laughs> well, what's that guy's name then?
1: Is this him? I swear it sounded. It looked like him. That's the
0: guy from The Night Up, though. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's not. That's not him. Oh, that, that uh, guy's name is J D. Williams.
1: Well, there you go. Maybe he changed his name.
0: Oh, wait. He was on The Wire. Oh, okay. But not as... Uh, oh, he Barksdale. was a different guy. Okay. He was bro- uh, Brody.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Hamsterdam. He was that guy. He yeah, was he was that- also
0: on Oz before that. I
1: did not recognize him. Yeah. He was grown up. Yeah, he's much older, right? Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's
0: him. Oh, I, Bodie, not Brody, not Brody. Brody.
1: Yeah, I remember him. Uh, he was the first guy to say Hamsterdam. To pronounce it Hamsterdam, I and mean, yeah. everyone started calling it that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm he was,
0: man. I remember him from Oz because he was the one who was technically a juvenile but serving adult time because he was only like 16 when yeah, he was Yeah, he children. was
1: the kid of the yeah. show. Yeah, he's a grown up now. But he's really good. And I, it, the best part of the first episode, in case you haven't seen it, is the fucking tension for almost an, an hour where you know that th- they show this kid wake up in the bloody room. There's, this woman's dead. There's blood everywhere. He loses his shit. And it all makes sense. He loses his shit and runs out. Then realizes, oh no, I left my keys inside. Right. And I go, eh, I might do that too. And because it's a New York walk up, of course, the door locks when he runs yeah. out. But what would you do? Oh shit. Oh well, I'll come back and get him later. Fuck no. Yeah. You break the window and run upstairs and get your shit. And then somebody sees him because it's New York in the middle of the night. They call the cops. And then so for the rest of the time, it's him sitting there going, oh, God, I want to get the fuck out of here, and waiting for someone to bust him, and then they finally do, but it's almost like 40 minutes of that. I love that. It was fucking great, and every time he gets up and he's going to walk out, like, he's doing exactly what I would do in almost every situation. I'm going to walk over to this drinking fountain and take a drink and then just stroll out while nobody's paying attention. Oh, but then a dude walks in, yeah. so I'll just sit down and be quiet. And and it's true. If he had walked out, they maybe they would have never found. Him. I mean, they would have found his DNA at the pl- his DNA at the place, but
0: yeah,
1: yeah, it, it wouldn't have been like they certainly wouldn't have gotten as much. He would have went home and taken a shower. Yeah, and so <clears throat> it was very tense. And I I have a feeling the whole show will be like that. So this will be the new True Detective.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I I hope you're right. I mean, it does feel like it's. Um more interested in the procedure part than true detective was like true detective eventually would get like got to the place where they're actually doing detective work right but it was instead of just uh, running around and pointing guns at people <laughs> right. and talking about horse shit right this does seem like it's going to be in many ways a very conventional
1: procedural but with a serious attention to character and to atmosphere and tone right because the truth is, we don't know. Maybe he did kill her. Yeah. We didn't see. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he did it.
0: Yeah. Um, he probably did.
1: We're rooting. We're rooting for um, him. Mrs.
0: Holland and I feel differently about it. Um, really? But I, I think, uh, I think he probably did. Uh, he was. He's not used to drinking or drugs, and he did both those things. And uh, maybe.
1: But they don't automatically make you go around and murder. I mean, this but they were already
0: was, playing games with a knife.
1: So you know what I mean? Like that. That just seems like some reefer madness bullshit. They said she was stabbed like thirty times. I mean, it's yeah. not it, it, unless you're on LSD, yeah. And even that is, it rarely happens. Drugs make, don't make you go crazy; they make you go yeah. lay down. And, and
0: also, the knife was still downstairs, not upstairs with the body.
1: Right. So obviously, but that's the great thing is, as the show goes on, they're going to look at all this evidence, and either there will be—I mean, there's going to be more DNA there, obviously—or mm-hmm. someone's going to go, "Well, the only DNA here are hers and his. That's impossible." They're telling me not no other people ever came to this apartment in the past twenty years. So so in any case, that's the thing that keeps you head on. It's not like he's in a small town and some bullshit, you know, small town sheriff thing where they yeah. railroad him. It's fucking New York City. These cops the reason they woke up that cop is because mm-hmm. he was the guy to call when you find a bloody room with a, you know, bloody girl in it. So everyone's gonna do their job. Everyone's qualified, is what I'm saying, which is kind of nice in this you know we just saw what was the most popular show of last season oj simpson yeah where it was nothing but a bunch of fucking incompetent (laughs) jagoffs basically this is a good change of pace where it's clear everyone's doing their job but someone's wrong yeah you know someone's got to be wrong so i don't know it's it's good tv i don't know why we're surprised that there's great shows on hbo but yeah yeah all right you want to move on ones too yeah, yeah, let's go so, on to trivia Alright, so last year, a trivia question was about Last year Last year, it was back in 2015 uh-huh. you remember that? It was on my birthday of last year, 2015 <laughs> That I asked a question, the answer was two and a half men David guessed it Yeah How did you? How were you able to guess it? Are you saying you Sherlock holmes it and figured it out? Or did you see that I had written it down on a piece of paper?
0: No, I didn't see that you written down. Um, and I did ask you a number of questions. That's true. I did 20 questions my way there a little bit.
1: That's right. Uh,
0: but, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like the kind of show.
1: All right. Well, you got it right. So no one else got to guess. All right. Well, What's the question you, this
0: week? I think you might know this one, actually. Um, but I was thinking about um, James Gandolfini being recast. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I thought of another example of that. This is not someone who died. This person is still thriving and acting and working and, and great, um, but uh, nonetheless was uh, recast after an unaired pilot. So, who in the unaired test pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer who played the school principal? Oh, this is a name you know.
1: We had this co- we had this discussion before in the unaired test pilot because eventually, when the show started, it was Armin Shimmerman. Right? No. He, he was it, Oh, it was, it was Ken Levine. Ken, Ken, Ken Levine. Ken Lerner. Ken right? Lerner. He played the first one and then he was ripped apart by hyenas.
0: Well, half human, half hyena demons. And then it was
1: Armin Shimmerman. Armin Shimmerman came but in. But he that. but he came in and uh, he was part of he knew what was up. He knew it yes, was a yes. hellmouth, so he's yeah. part of the problem or solution or whatever. But then he but, eventually died too, right?
0: In the and, season three finale. But this is the same character that Ken Lerner played, Principal Flutie. But it was a different actor. was a different actor in the Unaired Test Pilot, which you can find on YouTube or you used to be able to.
1: Um, okay, I'm going to guess... You've seen this guy on TV recently. Recently? Yeah. Um, Mike Epps. No. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a good guess though? Ah, yeah, that's right. I remember we discussed this. So yeah. there you go. I'm sure someone right now is knows the answer. So write to Paul at thekingoftv.com and uh, and if you have the right answer, I'll send prizes. I sent out prizes. I know someone got them. I got an email that said, "Hey, I don't know if because I didn't put my return address on it, which I usually do, but I didn't this time." Mm-hmm. So. Some guy said, I got my a package, I hope it came from you, because some of them just had a bunch of crap in them. <laughs> None of them have anything personal. Nothing is personalized. I just put in prizes and mailed them off. But I, some of them, I sent out t-shirts. So if you got a t-shirt, let me know you got it, and let me, let me see a picture of you in it. Um, but the thekingoftv.com is where to go for all your King of TV needs, and follow me on Twitter at Paul Goebel Show, and be my friend on the Facebook um, did you see that hilarious cartoon, birthday cartoon I posted on Twitter and Facebook? I did not. No. You didn't? Oh man, it's no, hilarious. It okay. Okay, go to it. Go go see it. Yeah. it. All right. Should get a go to it right now. Tell people how hilarious <laughs> it is. <laughs> While he's doing that, I'll say tomorrow night on my birthday, I'm performing at the Three Clubs in Los Angeles as part of the Monday Night Burlesque, Monday Night Tees Burlesque show, but it's Mike Schmidt's show 202020, which is three comedians doing 20 minutes each. It's him, me, and uh, Kate Willett. And uh, we'll all be doing 20 minutes of comedy. So if you're in L.A. you want to come see that show, you can. Um, also, as we're winding down this uh, season of uh, Hey, Watch This, my last, um, I want to invite people to call, uh, to call in and leave their memories of Hey, Watch This and podcasts and stuff. Okay. Just call. Uh, the number is 657-235-2333. It goes Just to a Google voicemail and uh just leave a message say what you want say your name if you want don't say your name say what you like say what you hate your favorite memory your worst memory anything at all and uh we'll uh play them or read them on the air uh for uh for one of our last shows also next week uh as i said i'm going to see bare naked ladies howard jones and omd at the greek uh we have four tickets but only three of us are going i've offered you the ticket right
0: yeah, but I'll be at San Diego Comic Con. Right,
1: he'll be at Comic Con, so that's a problem. Tom is rushing back to, to so he can go see the show. But if you uh, are a fan who would like to go, who would like to use that ticket, uh, it's at the Greek Sunday night, a week from tonight. If you want to go with us, call that number and tell me why uh, I should give you the ticket. It's like a hundred dollar ticket. It is not cheap. And I'll say this: I saw bare naked ladies at the Greek a while ago. It was a great show. I don't like OMD, but I do like Howard Jones. Um, I can't find this thing. <laughs> all right. Um, but you're online too, right? And while you're talking about that, I'll find it. Okay, great.
0: Uh, you can find me at battleshippretension.com. That's where all my movie reviews and all my other movie-related stuff and all my other podcasts, including this podcast, uh, can be found. battleshippretention.com. Uh And if you will also be uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Um, oh, I saw that. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So it has something to do with your birthday. Yeah. It says right there. Birthday. The word birthday is in it. I missed that completely. Jesus. So clearly you read it all. Uh, Yeah, I I, I, I missed that. Um, Okay. You're a bitch. All right. Um, You'll be at Comic Con. If if you're going to be at Comic Con on Thursday, that's July 21st, come to the Bootlegger. Uh, which is a bar in the gas lamp from eight to ten PM. Hangout with the Battleship Retention Crew and the and Ryan from Criterion Cast. We're having a meetup uh, with free drinks sponsored by Filmstruck. So check out nice. Filmstruck and check out our uh, meetup. Uh, come have a. Is this drink. at the
1: same Irish place that it no. was two no. years ago? Oh, it's no. too bad.
0: Um, that place is too loud. Too loud to talk. Really? Uh, yeah. What, they had live music
1: specifically. What did the music sound like? I think I remember when I was there. Yeah.
0: But, but super, super loud.
1: Oh, it's not Neo O'Grady, and Mary O'Flady and Haley O'Reilly and not it, That's
0: uh, all the songs. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Um, but that's not where we're going to be. We're going to be at the bootlegger. Uh, you can... It sounds like a pirate place. You can, No, it's not. You can follow me on... Uh, uh, I don't
1: know. It's david at com and Davey Pretension on Twitter. Um, also, I had a great idea for, uh, uh, we were talking about Fringe last night, me and Brooke, and I said, I was saying how, you know, I was thinking Rick Springfield and John Stamos must look at each other and think, man, that guy has it all. Like, Rick Springfield Springfield looks at Stamos and goes, man... He's, an act, he's a singer and an actor. He's uh-huh. great. And Stamos looks at Springfield and goes, man, he acts and he's a rock star. <laughs> and they're jealous of each other, you know? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them's great in one field, but shitty in the other. Yeah. And, they, yeah. and like, I, and I thought, in the Fringe universe, it's reversed. <laughs> in the Fringe universe, Rick Springfield was on Full House with Bob Saget. Uh-huh. And John Stamos was a huge star, starred in Hard to Hold, and then went away. But he's still killing it. Right? Yeah. And then I thought, that's what I'm... I should write a bunch of fringe fan fiction, uh-huh. where that's all it is. <laughs> Just little little differences. <laughs> yeah. Peter walked in and picked up the People magazine, and it said, Denzel Washington, least sexiest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> Just stupid. That's the whole thing. The whole fan fiction. And then yeah. at the end, and then they fucked. The end. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to move on? <laughs> yes. Let's move on to Stranger Things.
0: All right. This show is great as well. Super cool. I mean, I only watched the, the, the first one. I had
1: to stop myself from watching more episodes because I didn't want to have to, you know, talk about things. In, in, I didn't want have to stop myself from talking about what's going on in the subsequent episodes. Here's what's great about the show. As far as plot and what the show is about, it's a run-of-the-mill, I don't know, monster-ish story. I mean, it seems to be about a monster, but it's a run-of-the-mill sci-fi small-town tale. But yeah. it's the way it's shot and the way it's made. I mean, it set. It takes place in the eighties. Yeah. But it's shot not only to look like an eighties, you know, sci-fi monster movie. Right, right. But there are specific things in it that remind you of E. T. or The Goonies or Salem's Lot. Like just the the font, you know, in the opening yeah. credits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. Uh, it looks like. It looks just like Salem's Lot. It's the uh, exact yeah, it same looks like font,
0: an 80s VHS horror cover. Yes, like that, that font. It's fantastic.
1: And, yeah, and there's and it's not as clean. And then all the haircuts, like I think the old that one teenager, the oldest son. I think he's wearing a wig, but okay. I think all the other kids, especially those little kids, that's their actual hair. You know, the kids with they have really long fucking hair. Yeah. And then the clothes aren't just like you know, let's get a Marty McFly costume. They're wearing <laughs> clothes that were made in the fucking 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's not made to look like the '80s. It's actual clothes from the '80s, and the fact that these kids—I don't know who any of these fucking kids are. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. The casting um, is great because aside from Winona Ryder and a couple other adults, uh, well, Matthew Modine, uh, who's the biggest name,
0: small small role in this episode, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing more to come from. Yeah, this. he's <laughs> obviously
1: the lead bad guy or something, or the the kindly scientist who needs help. Trapping the monster, but also the dude who plays the sheriff, David uh,
0: Harbour is his name. Yeah, who's
1: really good. He was on the um, Newsroom. He played Elliot on Newsroom, but that was a small part. So this is his biggest part. He's been in other stuff.
0: The guy I couldn't place, even though I know I recognized him, was the owner of the diner.
1: You know, the, when the when the girl with the shaved head ran away. Mm-hmm. He oh, oh, the oh. it's the guy from the Nick. It's the ambulance driver from the Nick. Yeah, but I don't the watch Irish show. guy. Oh well, that's where I recognized him from. Okay. But yeah, he was great. Unfortunately, he gets shot at the end of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Now let me ask you this: Here's why the show is actually better than average, even though it looks like a run of the mill show. That scene in particular, I apologize for spoiling it, but there's yeah, I, I can see That there's that is a spoiler. Like it's, it's absolutely. a big surprise. When that this happens. is a big surprise. So yeah, if you don't want the one of the best moments in that episode ruined, stop listening now. But um. One of the deals on the show is There's clearly There was some kind of Accident At this Facility And there was Two things escaped They even say Did the girl get away There's obviously a boy A female And a male Yeah And we see the female version Is running around In her nightgown And she Says one word I think 13 or whatever Uh, 11 11 Yeah yeah. And uh, so there's that But then there's also A more Sinister Violent version That is the male version So so they're looking for that. So this girl shows up at this diner, and she's hungry, and she sees some fries, and then, but it's kind of deserted. There's the dude who runs it and a couple other guys in it, right? Because it's late at night. Yeah. So he chases the girl, but then he's like, oh, you're homeless, whatever, have some food. So he's nice to her, and he's trying to talk to her, sees that she has a tattoo that says 11, and it's clear this is a safe space. And you're like, this is nice. That this old man, he's not even an old man, he's just a dude running his... He you know, he wasn't a dick about it. But then you think, but shouldn't he call somebody?
0: Well, yeah, which he does. See, yeah. Which
1: he does. So you're like, he's doing the right thing. He's protecting her, but at the same time, this is not his job. Yeah. So then, someone comes to the door and it's an old lady. The first... Because they we've already seen that they're looking for her. We know that that's happening. Yeah. So the first thing I think, and I'm sure you too it, think, is... This lady is actually she's gonna to pretend to be something else, but she's actually working for See,
0: I even fell for her.
1: Really? Yeah. I didn't but it wasn't until but she knocks on the door, my first thought is, well, she works for the government, obviously. Okay. But then he, he says he says to her, Hi, can I help you? We're closed. He's even protecting her just in case. Yeah. And then the woman says, Well, I'm from DCFS. Didn't you just call me? Yeah. And immediately, just like him, I went, Oh, she's cool. I immediately put my defenses down just like he did. He said, oh, well, you know, forgive me, I I didn't want to tell anybody. She comes in, blam, shoots him right in the head. He was right and I was right in the first place. That's the great thing because usually I go, well, she's from the whatever. And she comes in and I'm like, yeah, I was right. But the fact that I immediately was disarmed and then two seconds later she blows his head off. Even Brooke was like, what the fuck? And the fact that they did that so effortlessly and smoothly, I was like, I need to watch more of these fucking episodes. Because it's really well done. And the kids, usually I don't like kids, but, you know, the kids are funny in this. They are funny, and
0: they're like, um, I'm going to say the same thing I said about The Night Of. It's a show that's really interested in its characters, and in delineating the characters, not only from one another, but from the types they're playing. You know, these, are, these aren't these yeah. types, these are real people, it seems like. And yeah. it's, I like that blend of, um, on the one hand, this is a very pulpy and referential type of, like, you know, genre show, mm-hmm. and it has fun with that, with, like, the lights coming on and on, uh, on and off and, mm-hmm. and, and having scary stuff happen. But it's also, uh, it has a, a serious mind about it, you know, like the the single mom raising yeah, it, her two kids. Very, yeah, that's very it's very much not using that as a cliche.
1: Like you really do see her like struggling as a as yeah. a single mom. Well and when like well, uh, that's it talk it's about what is it uh managing expectations. They're uh-huh. setting up expectations and then basically going the, doing the opposite. Right, right. Yeah. When when the kid doesn't come home from D D Winona Ryder, the single mom, is like, where the fuck is he? And says to her eldest son, you were supposed to be watching him. And he doesn't go... Come on, why do I have to watch him? It's not my job. Like uh-huh. we've seen teenagers <laughs> right. do yeah. in yeah. every fucking movie and TV show. He actually goes, oh shit, you're right. And then later on, when it's clear he's disappeared, the kid loses it. He starts crying yeah. like a real brother would. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking right on, man. Because, yeah, I had, it was, I had an older brother when I was a kid. It was just me and him and our parents. And we fucking hated each other the way brothers did. Yeah. But, yes, if one of my, my brother went missing when we were kids... I would have lost my shit For sure I would have been a mess So it's believable And then I hate to to just harp on it But David Harbour His character Mm -hmm. He's clearly uh, You know they set up that his daughter had died years ago So it ruined his marriage And he's had a drinking problem ever since Which is fine Because apparently in his little town Nothing ever happens He shows up and spends the entire morning Managing his hangover at work Mm -hmm. And then gives out tickets Or does whatever he has to do so he wants to manage this Saying kids will be kids But it's not until What is it that makes him finally Take notice That they go into a treehouse Or some shit And he realizes Something happened here uh,
0: I don't uh, Oh right Because he goes into the The, the shed or whatever Out back And sees that the rifle is out And the box of bullets
1: Right uh, are, are out Right Which again is something That a, a cop would notice And go Okay, obviously something happened. Yeah. But he doesn't go, hmm, maybe something <laughs> happened. He immediately goes, all right, it's on. Right. Let's go. Get the dogs, get everybody out, and let's find this kid. Because he knows, because he's actually smart and good at his job. Oh, man, just talking about this show. I'm going to fucking watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, I want
0: to go watch more it's of it. It's so
1: fucking good. Uh, someone post. someone said on Twitter that this was what Super 8 was trying to be. Oh, J.J. Abrams movie. Super 8's a good movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. But if... Now thinking about Super Eight after seeing this, isn't it like, uh yeah, it could have been better. Uh, no, they're they're both good. they can both be good. It's okay. All right. This you so you think this should have more lens flare? Is what you're saying? No. Stranger Things needs more lens flare. No, it
0: doesn't need more lens flare. <laughs> it, it, it looks great. It's a great looking show. Looks and not great. Just being writer. Just like uh, me.
1: That's what people say about me. Yeah. I look great, but I, I'm no Super Eight. All right. So next week you're gonna be at Comic Con. Yeah. And now, are you going to do a Comic-Con recap when you come back, like you did last year? Well, last year,
0: you took a week off, so... Right. Yeah, I could do that again. want
1: to do that again? Sure. All right, so here, let's look at the schedule. Yeah, let's do this on the air. (laughs) (laughs) So next week, you won't be here, but on the 31st, you'll do a a show with your friends from Comic-Con. So who's going to be here next week? Next week, week. it'll be Jim and Tom. Uh, I'm going to watch Vice Principals. And so is Tom. So am I. We're all very excited to watch that. Jim will probably make me watch something stupid. Um, but at least we'll be able to talk about Vice principles.
0: What if Jim makes you go back and watch episodes of The Neighbors again? <laughs> if they're still on, that would be awesome.
1: <laughs> I would love that. No, I'm
0: saying he picks like his favorite episode of The Neighbors from when it was on, and you have to go back and watch
1: it. Where though? Where am I going to watch it? Uh, I guess you, yeah, yeah tor- It should be a new the, show the anyway. Tor- the neighbors. <laughs> Speaking of old shows, my the old Paul Goebbels show. You know, I still uh, put the feed up. Last year's, last year's, last week's episode uh-huh. of the Paul Goebbels show was the episode where we talked about Lost. Where you and Tyler were on. Oh, that was it. And classic, we talked about yeah. the Lost finale. So if you guys want to hear some uh, good nostalgia, oh, that
0: one. okay.
1: Yeah, if you want to hear some good nostalgia about talking about Lost. Because the, uh, the classic
0: Lost episode of the Paul Goebbels show is the
1: one where Jim describes the episode The Magic Cater uh, The only yeah. episode he had ever watched Yeah, and I think to this day it still is the only one <laughs> Although, we did the Lost reunion We did one of those reunion shows yeah. and I think Jim watched some episodes because of that So he could get into the character of uh, what the fucking guy's name? Not Cameron Crowe Brett, what, the other guy? Who ran the show?
0: Uh, you know. <laughs> Carlton
1: Cues Yeah, Carlton Cues yeah. <laughs> Alright. Let's get the fuck out of here. There's enough horseshit? shit.
0: Alright, say so, it. Uh, watch this.